Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to reviews, news, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Doing all right. Uh, not too bad, not too bad. You know, we're just ready to talk some Flash, man. Yeah, we got it. We got a fun show scheduled for you guys tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. Some great thoughts sent in from some great listeners. And, uh, and of course, a wonderful episode, The Nuclear Man, to discuss. But before we do any of that... We have got to give a great shout out to our friends over at the Atomic Geekdom podcast uh, who were kind enough to have us on this past week. Uh, We were talking The Flash, both on the CW series as well as other media and the comics as well. And Bell even got a little bit of table talk, uh, tabletop talk in as well. Table talk. That's a that's that's a podcast right there. Well, I'll let you I'll let you do that. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, you can uh, we'll, we'll throw it on the network and I'll do you all your hosting for you. But you have to record it, edit it and find your own host because uh, <laughs> there is no value I could add to that conversation. <laughs> but uh, sure, it'd be great. But anyway, yeah. So check them out. Atomic Geekdom. Uh, really. I mean, we really did have a great uh, time. I near the end of it, especially I kind of feel like I I really kind of hit my stride talking about um uh, you know, wax and poetic about Barry and Wally and, and just kind of that relationship as it evolved after Barry's resurrection in the comics. So great show. Check them out. And uh, thanks, you guys, for having us on. Yeah, super fun. Really enjoyed it. Also, of course, we got our iTunes uh, review contest going on right now. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned it before in the last couple of episodes, but basically every single 10 reviews we get on iTunes, or I guess ratings, we uh, we give away a free comic, a free digital comic. And right as it stands right now, we're five away from the next one. So uh, be sure to head over to iTunes, write us a review. And uh, who knows, next week we could be giving away a very free comic. Indeed, we could. All right, man. Well, let's jump into it. But first, one last bit of business as we're recording this live. And of course, you know, we do record this live every single Wednesday night at Mixler.com slash Pottery. Um, we are having a little bit of some technical hiccups along the way. Um, it looks like I'll be investing in a new cable very soon. And it's the same cable that I used to actually, uh, port Bell's voice into all the different dispersal channels that we have here, both on the live feed and, uh, in the, uh, in the recording software. So all that technical jargon to say, I hope this turns out okay. And if it's a little off, <laughs> grant us a little grace by next week, we'll be back to hundred percent. I promise. Um, but, uh, but we're going to do the best we can and, and make sure that we get you a great podcast. So yeah, that's so if sad. I sound a little quiet, that's why, uh, you know, I try to be boisterous and loud, as you guys know. But uh, <laughs> so if I'm a little muted, it's 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 not because I'm being timid, <laughs> although I am extremely timid. It's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. All right, all that said, man, let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. All right, man. Episode. 13. The Molecular Man. No, 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 no. The Nuclear Man. Directed, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Directed by Glenn Winter and uh, story by Andrew Kreisberg and Katherine Walzak. 
Bell, what happened this episode? Well, this episode, the team attempts to track Ronnie's whereabouts after he injures a scientist. And understanding that Dr. Martin Stein is in control of Ronnie's body, they use his wife to help track Stein slash Ronnie into coming back to the lab for testing. Meanwhile, Joe enlists Cisco to help identify who murdered Barry's mother. Cisco discovers an old mirror left in the former Allen home that captured images from the night of the murder, and Joe finds blood spatters behind some new wallpaper that turn out to be from two people, one of whom was likely the killer. Joe asks Cisco to compare the blood to Dr. Wells's, but Cisco refuses to believe that Dr. Wells is involved. Dr. Wells discovered that Ronnie and Dr. Stein's atoms are in conflict, and, it can, and if it continues, they will become nuclear. Dr. Wells determines that the tachyon device recharging his speed could be converted to a quantum splicer to stabilize Ronnie's body and separate the two personalities. Dr. Snow uses the device. Ronnie's body still goes nuclear, but safely away from the city. The explosion alerts General Eiling, who orders a team to recover Firestorm. Cisco runs the blood samples and informs Joe that neither is from Dr. Wells, but one is from an adult Barry. Dun, dun, dun! Oh my gosh, we were wrong all along. Barry, uh, H.G. Wells is Barry from the future. How did we not know this? I don't think H.G. Wells is Barry from the future. I, I know, we'll talk about that in speculation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, well, we will be definitely getting into that near the end of the show. But before we do that, I mean, man, this is there's a lot of stuff that happened this episode. And uh, in many respects, most of the B plot line that we've gotten throughout the entire series has been leading up to this one kind of big explosive, if you will, Firestorm episode. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really neat. Uh, I, I, I've been waiting for this one for a while. Like, you know, I, I really love the the A storylines and stuff that they got going on. But this is one that I was just kind of curious about what they're going to do with it. And I was really excited to see General Island come in there at the end. They're still going to, you know, explore this. Obviously, Firestorm's not gone. He just, you know, went nuclear. So we're, we're still going to get some Firestorm. And I, I just, I'm really excited to see how they tie it into the rest of the series. Yeah, man, Absolutely. All right, so how do we want to tackle this? Should we start off with Firestorm, or can we just jump into the part that I really want to talk about, which is the Joe Cisco buddy cop film? <laughs> well, uh, why don't why don't we start with some Firestorm? We'll save the best for last. All right, fair enough. So, okay, yes, this does build up to the Firestorm. We get a flashback from the Flash. Ah ha ha ha! Oh, yes. Um, where we actually see that Barry just so happened to meet Doctor Stein before uh, the the Big Bang, so to speak, and um, made a lasting impression as he shared all of his personal details to the stranger on the train. <laughs> yeah, but you know when you. You ever met somebody in public and like maybe you throw a reference out there that, that you use to impress yourself or to make yourself laugh and someone else laughs and you kind of like have one of those moments where it's like, oh, hey, you know the things that I know. That's what I feel was going on there. It's like Barry maybe might not. He was a excited about the accelerator. Right, or, right. He's geeking out. Yeah, he's geeking out. And then this guy was like, oh, hey, you like physics? That's cool. I like physics, too. Let's talk. Let's be physics buddies. And physics stuff. bros. <laughs> physics bros. <laughs> hey, you like physics? I hear that everything is about to change. Ooh, yeah. That's right. And yeah, because, you know, that, I, I've been in those situations where you're talking to somebody and you and you and you, you know, drop a reference that no one else has ever picked up on and they pick up on it. You're like, oh, let's nerd out and talk about stuff. And then you got to leave the train. So you start talking about chicks that you kind of date, but you don't, <laughs> yeah, they what? don't care about you. No, <laughs> come on. I mean, I know that's where his headspace was. I mean, that was definitely season one or <laughs> season one. It feels like we've had more seasons, but that was definitely early season one, Barry, right? He was uh, obsessive about Iris and, uh, and there was not much more on his mind besides Iris and OMG science. That is indeed true. 
He's so two track mind, I guess at that point. Yeah, kind uh, of like Firestorm. Oh, I see what you did there. Ooh. I see what you did there. Hey, you know what? This whole the Professor Stein showing up with the Firestorm Matrix. Do we actually get a specific um, uh, explanation as to? what he wanted to do i mean you know we can kind of assume or we at least we have assumed past episodes that uh he was there with a you know with the sole intention of kind of jump starting whatever it was he was working on with you know project firestorm uh but did they actually clarify that you know i i didn't pick up on it i had to watch the episode again because i was live tweeting this one because i actually got an opportunity to do I so know, that was awesome man it was fun to fun to watch it yeah, yeah. So I actually watched it again immediately afterwards just, just to, to make sure I didn't miss anything because a lot of times when I live tweet, I'll, I'll you know, work on a tweet because they have to be perfect, right? Every tweet you send out has to be perfect. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I rewatched it again and I don't know for sure. It, it, it's it's kind of mysterious as to what he uh, was there for. Maybe he wanted to do something with the explosion, maybe – or not the explosion. Maybe he wanted to do something with the, with the accelerator, something to do with Firestorm. Maybe he wanted to try to harness some energy to try to further his own experiments. I don't know. It wasn't really clear. That's potentially something that they'll clear up later on. Chris in the chat's asking just for some clarification. And yeah, that, that was definitely the Firestorm Matrix he was holding. And in fact, I think in this episode they said it. You know, granted, typically the way that I do it is I watch the episode live and live tweet it and then I rewatch it prior to doing the show today or doing the live show. But I got to tell you, man, my schedule's been kind of hectic this week, so I never got an opportunity to watch it a second time. Well, that's a shame because uh, it's actually a pretty good episode. It is. And, you know, okay, so we talk about the kind of the A plot and the B plot and how Firestorm has been, you know, historically the B plot. Uh, But, you know, this really wasn't the Flash today. This was kind of the Firestorm or the Firestorm. Yeah, you know, because we only see the Flash like once or twice. And one time is when he's getting his butt handed to him by firestorm <laughs> yeah and the next time is when he's getting his butt handed to him by uh miss linda yeah that's true that's true yeah okay so we got to talk some relationships because i mean that's that's also kind of part of uh what the flash was dealing with right he's uh he's finally after years and years of waiting on iris he's he's moved on thanks to um linda park actually kind of being a bit forward she she's very much kind of the progressive lady here um and she's got game man Oh, she does. She does. See, it's funny. She's as smooth as like a pearl and Barry's as smooth as a as a pineapple. (laughs) That's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Here's the thing, though. She's got the moves. But you know what? Barry's actually stepping up as well. He, for the first time in his life, is on time for a date. Well, see, I, I <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, wow, he's on time. The second time I watched it, I'm pretty sure he was late because she looks at his watch as if she's been standing there for a while. Right. But no, 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 man. She was she was just testing to see if he would actually get there on time. You know, maybe she had heard his reputation of, uh, you know, being a little uh, not exactly Johnny on the spot. And so uh, who knows? Who knows? But what I love about Linda is that she takes him to eat the spiciest burrito in all of Central City. <laughs> what that's, a, that's a first date right there. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's pretty intense, literally, you know. It's like, hey, here's an idea. Let's go. I mean, because, you know, it is a first date, but, you know, maybe, you know, there's going to be some kiss action or something later on. You don't want to have spicy crap all over your lips and, like, you know, spice breath. Ooh, I mean, uh, that's I never thought about it like that. It's kind of like a uh, hey, buddy, you know, we're, we're saying goodnight at the door for this first date, making sure that that's, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. 
Yeah, it's like going to a steakhouse on a date and getting like garlic butter. Right. And, you know. <laughs> right. No, that's good. That's good. I didn't think about it like that. That's uh, I'm telling you, man, she's cool, man. And she's a good uh, she's a good fit for Barry. Uh, you know, she is kind of a, a much, you know, not that Barry's a weak character, but she's very much, you know, a stronger person where he is weak in other areas. I think they complement each other well. Um, but they did run into some issues. I mean, here we have, um, you know, things didn't go exactly the right way they should once she goes and talks to Iris. What What are your What are your thoughts on Iris coming in and um uh and uh what's she What's the right word for what Iris did to uh, to Barry? Projecting is what it's called. Okay. So she was projecting her own insecurities and her own feelings onto Barry. Mm. So she still has feelings for Barry, and so. She assumed and projected that Barry still has feelings for her mm. and that he's still hung up over her. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is she's not. And so she's sitting there and I, I, you know, from her perspective, she's saying, well, if I still have these feelings for Barry, then clearly he must have them for me. Mm. And that's not the case. Mm. So she's projecting her her feelings onto Barry while she's talking to Linda. Mm hmm. <laughs> I'm, 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 what are you doing? I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm, I'm saying preach. You got it. I think you're. I think you're right on, man. Uh, that, that, that was more of a, of a condescending mm-hmm, than like a mm-hmm, you know. <laughs> you got to. You got. You got to work on your on your mm-hmms. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you a little bit there. You know, this is. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic that they have, and uh, we'll get into it. You know, a little during listener feedback and everything. But uh, listener Greenclaw actually wrote in. And pointed out the fact that everybody was kind of blaming, uh, blaming Iris for kind of being a jerk in this whole situation. But in all fairness, she was actually opening up the lines of communication in all the right channels. Whereas Linda, instead of do- talking directly to Barry, she talks to Iris. Instead of Barry talking to Linda, he talks to Iris. You know, she gets part. You know, she gets kind of put in this third man situation. Well, let me be clear. I don't think she did it on purpose. I don't think she said those things to try and harm Barry or to try to mess up his relationship. I just think it's, you know, it, it's it's a it was a it was a subconscious projection of her feelings mm-hmm. that 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 happened. It wasn't like she's like, oh, I'm going to torpedo his relationship because I don't want uh, him to be happy because I can't have him because I'm dating someone else kind of thing. I, that's not at all what I think happened. I think what was going on there is she was projecting her feelings subconsciously and, and 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 by doing that ended up you know hurting that relationship with linda yeah yeah iris she had a chance she had a chance was, was eddie in this episode at all uh he was in the episode for about three and a half seconds that's been the case for like you know eddie eddie's kind of been back burner for a while now yeah because you know like after the mid-season finale kind of thing happened it's it's there's been less emphasis on him i mean he had a couple scenes in the uh uh the revenge of the rogues but but it's yeah. real brief, man. He like he and Captain Singer like hanging off somewhere off screen, like all right, we're well, burgers, we're eating burgers and being just like you know, hey, we'll be here if you need us, but uh, we're just gonna be <laughs> in the back here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of thought that he'd be taking a bigger uh, a bigger role. Well, see, now that's that the he thing. Knows the Flash is around, right? He's, I mean, as I, I mean, as we understand it, I mean, he's supposed to be kind of one of our our top tier characters. There was all of this. Um, uh, allusion to what could potentially happen in his future with uh, the moment that he shared with the man in the yellow suit. And uh, and there really just hasn't been much more exploring of his character. Everything has really been uh, about Barry and Harrison and, and Team Flash overall, which I'm not complaining about. That's actually, I mean, that's a story that I'm most interested in. 
Um, but it does seem kind of funny that he just always shows up whenever Barry runs into Iris and he's got his arm around him and he's got that stupid grin on his face. Like, hi, Barry. How's it going? You know, <laughs> hey, you know, that girl that you love for your entire life, except for that, you know, now that you don't. Well, she's mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that classic, you know, smile. I, you know, it, 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 he it, it's it, Again, it's one of those things where I don't think he's doing that on purpose, but it, that's what it comes across as. <laughs> oh, I think he's. Oh, what man? I think that's exactly what he's doing on purpose. I don't think he's that much of a jerk. I think he is absolutely that much of a jerk. Look, I I don't like, I don't like the Eddie character, and let me be specific on that. I want more Eddie on screen so I can enjoy not liking him. If you're following me there, <laughs> like I, I enjoy not liking him, and so uh, anyway, it just it seems like it's been a while since we've uh, we've seen him. But that said, we did get some good time uh, with. Uh, with Cisco and Joe. And so these two characters are going off on their own. They've got this whole buddy cop thing that I am absolutely all about. I want to see the Cisco Joe uh, uh, buddy cop film where they go off to, I guess it was the house that Barry grew up in. Uh, yes, yes. That was his, uh, who is now, his mother was murdered in. Who is now occupied by, what was that lady? Um, lady who has the hots for Papa Joe. Just lady who has a hots for like everybody. What was going on with her? Yeah, she's like, I got some drinks for you. And then she looks at Cisco. It's like soda or maybe wine, you know? <laughs> Cisco, as soon as the door is opened up, Cisco not so subtly checking her out too. I don't know if you noticed that, but go back. Oh, no, he, he, yeah, he looks down. He definitely looks down and looks right back up at her eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, it's Cisco. What do you expect? Well, I, I don't think that lady was complaining either, but uh, one way oh, no, or the other. Attention. Yeah, so she, they go through her house, and um, we get some big OMG science and, and some OMG tech, really, along with it, because he pulls out some sort of photographic, holographic thingamajig. Okay, well, first off, that... Super light. Uh, it's a super light. Oh, he had well, the super yeah, light first. Yeah, the, the super light. Okay, fine. Whatever. Super light's fine. You know, it's it, it, it's a, a, a like a black light that there is enhanced with science. Right. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But <laughs> more than the OMG science, uh, what what really piqued my interest about that scene is that that woman, Sherry, never moved that piece of furniture with the mirror right, on it in right. fifteen years. Well, okay. Now hang on. I I. I I can hand wave sciencey stuff away. I can't hand wave the fact that a woman would never like after 50, my parents have rearranged their stuff, you know, actually, you know what? I take that back. Uh -huh. They haven't. Yeah. You okay. Know what? See, that's the I, thing, I, man. I rescind that statement. I rescind that statement. You, you historically have lived in kind of newer buildings and condos and apartments. Yes. Uh, well, not every apartment that I've lived in has been newer, but yes. But you, but that's, but that's good. So, so let me just say as, as a homeowner of a house that is almost a hundred years old, when I bought this thing, there are actually items in the house that were part of the negotiation that I kept, uh, and specifically because I liked them exactly where they were. And uh, and so I can actually buy that. What I have a harder time buying is that that blood was on the wall this entire time until they just, what do you say? It was like new, brand new uh, wallpaper that they put up. Well, yeah. Okay. So first off, wallpaper doesn't peel up like that because right. you have to, you know, glue it to the wall. Second off, did the CSIs just not see the blood spatter? Right. If Barry had been a CSI. Yeah. Oh, I thought about that. I was like, you know, Joe was like, we got him. I was like, Joe, that's because you're a good detective now. Clearly you weren't back then because you should have noticed that a couple of years ago. And, 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 you know, to Joe's credit, they do say, you know, the, our prime suspect was holding the murder weapon. Oh, so yeah, we yeah. never looked for anything else. So that's, like, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But still, due diligence should have been required. There. Yeah. Central City was a different place back then. Different time. Crimes were solved in different ways. We didn't have the super light to go along with it. 
And uh, of course, it's it's great because we do get this DNA uh, scanning. And Bell, maybe you understand this a little bit more than I do. Can you tell somebody's age by their blood? Well, uh, that's one thing that I wanted to Google and research, but I didn't do it. I didn't have enough time to do it. But uh, Cisco talks about a certain blood protein that accumulates as you age, and I don't know if that's true or false or not. I I, I have not verified that. It sounds scientific. It sounds something that, that can actually happen. I mean, it's not like you can you know cut somebody's arm off and count their growth rings, but there are ways to tell <laughs> how old someone is. Like you know, with X-rays, you can look at uh, you know growth plate uh, growth plate separation in bones and things like that. But uh, I want to say that blood protein is actually something that may or may be real. I, I need to check it out for sure. But it, it, it sounds way more realistic than any of the other stuff that was taking place inside that house. <laughs> right. Right. The big reveal that Joe had to Cisco that he was looking into Harrison Wells. Uh, a lot of people are kind of expecting Cisco to drop the ball here. Uh, drop the ball is in like reveal that to Harrison. Yeah. yeah. Or- At some point he's going to say, hey, uh, did you know that Joe was researching your past? I, I don't think so. Really? You know, I because didn't think, I think so at Cisco the time. Sus- I, I don't know. I think Cisco has his own suspicions, man. Mm, he did. He seemed like he did up until when he actually does test the blood, find out that find finds out that it's Barry from the future. Uh, and then, you know, he, the way he kind of dismissed Joe, like, look, I told you it's not Harrison Wells. It seems like, you know, maybe I don't know. He he very well may in, in the coming episodes uh, be letting Harrison know that Joe is uh, is on his trail. I don't think so. I think what Cisco is going to do is Cisco may start noticing things. It's kind of like uh, you've been watching Gotham, right? Yes, I have. So, you know, and and, uh, spoiler alert, potential spoiler alert for anybody who isn't up to date with Gotham. uh, But, you know, when Eliza was the girl that uh, Fish planted with Falcone. So when Penguin broke into her house and says, I know that you've been working with Fish against Falcone. And she's like, you can't prove it. He's like, I don't have to. All I have to do is say, I think there's somebody close to oh, you. Right. You know, and, and that's the kind of, so so it, it it's that seed of doubt, right? And so if Joe, a guy that Barry respects, and Cisco respects Barry, so, you know, by the transitive property, Cisco respects Joe, I think that he respects him enough to take that advice and not think that, that this is just, you know, Joe blowing smoke up his butt, right? Here's the thing, though. You're, you're discounting the fact that Harrison Wells basically made Cisco's career. Um, we just got, like, this backstory between the two of them about how, you know, Harrison went to bat for him. And, you know, a guy like Cisco, especially just kind of being that, you know, uh, goopy, goofy hipster, I mean, he gets opportunities that most of the people in his uh, his fraternity probably are not getting. And it's all because of Harrison Wells. He even says something to that effect to Joe when Joe brings it up. Now, I'm following you with the seeds of doubt, and you're right. They have been planted, but I just have a feeling at some point, you know, I, I love Cisco. I'm not saying that he, um, well, you know what, but here's the other thing. He's not been known to make the the wisest decisions. Pied Piper. We just got done talking about how he let Pied Piper out of the cage and loose into Central City. And Captain Colt's gun. And ca- yeah, you're, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, exactly. So... Dang it, Cisco. Get, get your act together. Maybe this is his chance to redeem himself. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's sure. Yes, he does owe uh, Cisco pretty much owes, you know, his whole career and all that kind of stuff to Harrison Wells. But at the same time, I want to say, you know, because 
when he got yelled at by Harrison for the, the, the gun, he was like, you know, this is a contingency plan. This was something that Cisco thought to do, not because he thought it was, you know, hey, let's make this fun gun. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Someone? But that's the thing. You're saying basically he does the wrong thing for the right reasons. Him telling Harrison would be doing the wrong thing for the right reasons in his own mind. Maybe same thing with letting can... Piper out. This is very much the Cisco that we know. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm more so convinced than ever. Cisco's going to blow blow the whistle here. All right, I'm, I'm going to say that he doesn't, and we'll say that you do. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> or whoever loses, <laughs> we, we win. win. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So one way or the other, uh, great, great interaction between the two of them. I, I really uh, love that. It's cool to see Cisco pulling out some of this OMG science and and how we kind of piece together. And uh, you get to see moments of the night. You get to see the man in yellow, and then you get to see in the background a secondary speedster whom. I think we can all safely assume is the Barry from the future in reference. Um, yes. We'll get a little bit deeper into that in speculation. Um, but Firestorm, let, let's take it back to Firestorm. We get a deeper dive uh, into the present status of what I believe we're now calling Snowstorm. Snowstorm. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I, I saw that and I liked it, so let's go with that. It's uh, it, Basically, uh, Caitlin is coming in terms with uh, Rod... Ronnie as, um, well, Ronnie is Martin, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, Martin took over Ronnie's body and she's kind of coming to terms with the fact that he's not really there or at least, at least not there in the present, you know, he, he's there in the fact that his memories are there and they kind of affect Dr. Stein and things like that. Right. But she's, yeah, she's kind of having to get to cope with the fact that he's not able to come to the present, I guess, you know? Dr. Stein got a pretty sweet deal out of all of this. I'm wondering if this was his intention all along. Like, he wakes up, he's in, like, a younger body that's in far better condition than his probably was back several decades ago. And, uh, and you know, he's got Caitlin Snow over here who's pining for him. I mean, not a bad deal, right? Well, <laughs> I don't think he was intentioned. You know, that, that wasn't his intention was to take someone else's body. Uh... But uh, as, well, as evidenced by the fact that he has no idea what's going on and, like, he's all... Had that been his plan from the get-go, I think that he might be a little bit more aware of what's going on. Because he, he seems like he has uh -huh. no idea what's going on. He's just like, all of a sudden, holy crap, I'm in somebody's body. You know what? He seems like he has no idea what's going on. And if you look back at the several episodes, that makes sense. Until this episode. He seems very calm and collected. That's well, because uh, they doped him with antipsychotics. Granted, granted. But if you consider <laughs> the fact that Stein actually was at... Uh, at the explosion, he was at the Big bang, he, bang, he had the Firestorm Matrix with him, he just so happened to be right there when Ronnie's spirit comes flying at him, and, I mean, I don't know, man, there's too much in this that makes it look like he orchestrated it, now, I was kind of joking about the Caitlin Snow thing, but, but ultimately, it does look a little suspicious. So, here's my guess as to what was going on. He wanted to bring the Firestorm Matrix to the Particle Accelerator. Okay. But he did not want to fuse with somebody else. He wanted to use the explosion because he I think I, I want to say he had an idea that it was going to happen based off what Pi Piper has said and stuff like that. So he wanted to use this this energy wave to fuse the Firestorm Matrix with himself to transmute himself, mm -hmm. not to join with somebody else. The fact that Ronnie was in the energy wave at the same time was sheer, sheer chance, sheer happenstance. And that wasn't his end goal. Freak I think scientific accident happens all the time in comics. 
Exactly, exactly. So I just want to say that that was a freak scientific accident. His intent was maybe to harness the energy of the particle accelerator explosion to do something with the Firestorm Matrix, but not to merge with another person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I will say there was that funny line where, um, at, you know, when, when he's about to go boom and uh, Caitlin's there and, and she's talk, trying to talk to Ronnie and then he kisses her and he goes, that was from Ronnie. I'm like, really? Was it? Was, was it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say that too. <laughs> yeah. But seriously though, like, you know, you, you imagine you're a, what, a 60 something year old man. Right, right. And I mean, you know, is, is, is Mary, is he apparently happily married, beautiful wife. And, yeah. uh, you know, but I mean, at the same time. Like, if you wake up with abs like that, I mean, come on. Lightning some gives some abs, and for others, it's the Firestorm Matrix. Would you say it's a absplosion? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty bad, man. <laughs> uh, I'm all about the bad puns. Drink, everybody. Drink, drink. Well, actually, those of you who are of legal age should drink. Yes, yes. We don't need to encourage the others. Hang on. I'm actually going to reload really quick. Reload? Like the Matrix? No, no. Reload uh, the beverage. Oh, the beverage. There you go. Yeah, I got some of this um, this bourbon from, uh, it's like Willet. It's a brand that's owned by Willet, Kentucky Vintage. Never heard of it. Uh, Yeah, Kentucky Vintage. And uh, it's it's all right. It's all right. Does it come with its own LP? Uh, No. Or like a snap shirt? Um, since we take a, a bourbon break right there. That's, we, we, need, <laughs> we need to have that. We need to have like an established bourbon break in the show. Every time I make a bad pun. That, yeah, pff, that will, that's a lot of bourbon breaks. Yeah, the end is so bad. Okay, thanks for watching. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's, there's a reason why we do the uh, the the spoilers off air. Yeah, <laughs> tops out of ten. <laughs> All right, we're getting back to it. Um, so we talked about Firestorm. We talked about Snowstorm. We talked about the Joe Sis Joe. We talked about how we haven't seen Eddie in a long time. We've talked about Iris. What? Do, what? Do, I'm, I know well, I'm forgetting General something. Island. General Island. That's the one. Yeah. So Stein goes boom. Stein does go boom. Um, cool costume, by the way. We we get a good uh, look at that before he does go boom. And I, I actually I kind of dig the, um, you know, the apparatus connected to the shirt. It's kind of a nod to the Firestorm costume from the comics. I mean, you can't. There's no way you can make the actual Firestorm costume look good um, outside of the pages of comics. Honestly, in my opinion, doesn't even look that great as a comic book costume. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting <laughs> it's 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 weird it's really really weird actually ironically <laughs> I, I i criticize but at the same time back when i was like um you know in in early junior high i remember trying to create my own superhero and it was a guy called the flamethrower and he kind of looked very similar to uh to firestorm and i uh, had a bunch of comic book characters that i made when i was growing up oh we should look into that so you know what that could be one of these days, if ever we're not doing three three podcasts at a time, we should do one just called uh, Bell's Childhood Heroes, and we'll <laughs> give origin stories to all of them and, and put them up. That might be a fun show. There you go. But yeah, so what did you think of the costume? Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. You know, it's it's. I was thinking what they were going to give him was going to be some kind of like, or at least they'd mention it when they give him uh, the new clothing. Be like, hey, this is a a flame retardant. Uh, jacket and pants and shirt right so that if you ignite you know you don't run the risk of flying around naked um but it looks like it was just a plain old jacket and then they stuck the device on there and the device is what was you know super reminiscent of the comic book costume which i really really like that yeah, yeah but everything else just looked like plain street clothes yeah yeah but i i don't know and we'll see i mean um 
Uh, apparently, you know, Robbie Amell said that the costume's going to be kind of an ever-evolving thing, and I think that's probably fair of most all of the costumes that we get in this uh, in this world. So, uh, so we'll see what they end up doing with it. But one way the, I do, I do like the apparatus, and uh, and as you say, how it's kind of a nod to not just the comics, but also the actually the particle accelerator itself, because that has the firestorm. That is essentially the firestorm logo. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, he go he 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 goes boom, and uh, then General Eiling shows up. He gets a phone call. Yeah, well, he doesn't really get a phone call. They're like, hey, General Eiling, a nuclear bomb went off outside of Central City. His first thought is go get me firestorm and not there's been a terrorist attack no so he knows clearly, it. yeah yeah he knows it so so clearly he's been either following him or tracking him or trying to pick him up so that he can turn him into a weapon just like he did with plastique or just like he wanted to do with plastique yeah yeah man he's uh he's he knows what's going on I'm, I'm curious to see where where this leads up to i mean a lot of these tags that we're getting are not always connected right because last week we got the tag of uh of gorilla grod and then that has nothing to do with this current episode. Just it's almost like a, you know, meanwhile in the sewers of Central City, you know, and that's about it. <laughs> General Eiling, uh, you know, given the subject matter of next week's episode, my guess is he probably won't be popping up until after the break. Yeah, unfortunately, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll definitely take a look and see. Now, we have a full is what, 26 episodes, 23 episodes uh, that's a good question that somebody should know off the top of their head if they do a Flash podcast. Uh, well, I mean, TV series. 23, you know, 23. 23, okay, Green Claw, yeah. thank you. I mean, I don't know. Network TV is different from other. Like, HBO has 10-episode seasons. Some places do 24 episodes. Well, I mean, that's yeah. based on whether or not they think the show's got the legs. I mean, well, for Game example. definitely has the legs, dude. All right, but, but but even for, like, a CW show. Like, for example, iZombie is only getting a half season uh, that's starting, like, now mid-season. And so, I mean, that's one that I, I feel like they're, they're not really sure whether or not that's going to be a hit. Um, but, uh, you know, what? I, I really shouldn't even talk. I don't know how television works. I have no earthly idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, um, but that's just kind of my estimate there. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we do so, have 23 episodes. So we got 10 left. We got, we got 10 left. Well, that's, that's a, dude, that's almost half a season, man. There's a lot that's going to, you know, be coming down the pipeline. They're laying the seeds now. Um, we do have a break after next week's episode. And uh, which is fine for us because, of course, we'll be going back and looking at uh, at season one Arrow on Arrow TV talk. Uh, more on that as we get closer to it. But yeah, I I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, what are you thinking about about these these tags? Tags. I, what do, what do you want to call it? The the bump at the end of the episode. I don't I don't know if there's a these cookies. Oh, uh, codas, I, if you will. I always call them cookies, like all that kind of stuff. Anything that comes after the credits or after the end or something that you have to stay watching to see i always call it a cookie that's just me though i right. don't know right well one way or the other we'll we'll see what they end up doing with it uh hey there is one last bit of business but it's going to lead us to our brand new segment the speedster speculation nice <laughs> we don't have a bump for that yet no not yet but we will <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's apropos though since technically our bumps aren't working correctly on the uh, live show so there, there you go there you go speedster speculation you know we're doing this anyway and so i figure we might as well give it its own segment uh this is just a part of the show where we take elements that happen in the episode and we tie it into either existing theories that we have or we draw off other theories one of the benefits of the flash overall is that it's been filled with a lot of questions that kind of compound on themselves so given everything that happened this episode i thought it would be good to talk about two speculations today 
All right. H.G. Wells splices up his device thingy. He splices his devices. Yeah. After Caitlin goes all, you know, killer frost on him for the moment and tells him he needs to get his stuff together to figure out a way to save Ronnie. Uh, he actually goes to the future room. This is a big deal. Like he he goes to the future room. He gets himself uh, the tachyon particle deal. He splits it or, or does something with it in order to use it to split Ronnie and um, and Dr. Stein. Yeah, th- this this was the biggest shock of this whole episode. Yeah, man, this is this is kind of huge because ultimately, you know, we've talked about how H.G. Wells has really been the Palpatine of everything that's been going on. But Palpatine wouldn't stumble like this. Clearly, there is. I don't. Do you think it's the threat that Ronnie poses to Central City, or do you think it actually has more to do with H.G. Wells developing ties to his team here? Well, I think there's a couple things. So you can go the uh, antagonist route, where you know we're keeping Doctor Wells as this antagonist. But uh, and so he's like, well, in order for my goals to be fulfilled, I need to. I need to to save Ronnie so he doesn't blow up Central City because if Central City's not there, then then all of my goals are are for nothing. Uh, so there's that aspect of it, but I don't think that's his true intention or his his true motivation. I think there's a couple things. So first, I think that it's either he has come to 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 grow to care about this team, to care about these people who he's Mm. with Mm -hmm. uh, through all the things. You know, earlier he he was like a murder fiend, man. He'd like, you know, kill people and all this kind of stuff. Getting all stabby. Yeah, getting all stabby uh, in order to uh, procure the the safety of of the future that he wants. Now he's willing to push that timeline back. And that's huge because he wasn't willing to risk anything. Right, right. And all right, so two things with that. One, what is this timeline? What is it he's building up to? Because... No matter what, you know, you might argue, okay, him being the reverse flash was too easy or uh, him being Eobarthon is, is too easy of a speculation. But, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter who he is. What matters is what is he all about? What is he kind of driving to? Um, because Gideon says, did, does she say specifically how long that will prolong his um, his plans? I don't remember them saying anything specific, but I, yeah, I think Gideon just says it's going to push your timetable back. <laughs> for, for all intents and purposes. But uh, but Dr. Wells, if you do that, that'll push your entire intentions back half a season. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably really what it comes down to. But but yeah, man. And so because he makes the excuse to Gideon, he says specifically, you know, there won't be a central city or, there, you know, something to the extent of if, if the central city blows up, then there's nothing that he's building to. Right. There's no reason to do whatever it is he's wanting to do. But Ronnie blows up anyway. Like he goes to a secondary location. That is totally an option here. He only actually does this additional stuff specifically because Caitlin's asking him to. Yeah, and here that brings me to my second thing. So my second point was that okay, so maybe he cares about the team, or maybe he is scared of what Caitlin can uh, is going to become. So maybe by saving Ronnie is is that maybe like Ronnie dying is like a tipping point or something like that, right? Uh, maybe. Ronnie being killed so that Martin Stein can, you know, so that so that he doesn't go nuclear or whatever. Uh, maybe that was a tipping point that makes Caitlin go bananas and, you know, turn into Killer Frost. And he knows that because he's from the future. So potentially what's going on here is he's trying to, to, to prevent that outcome because it's better to have one metahuman that you can deal with uh, that are two people that you know than to have her being a metahuman that, that's being unpredictable or something like that. Uh, you know, the, it's basically the, the enemy, you know, is better than the enemy. You don't. Sure. Sure. Yeah. man. So, I'm... 
but I, I, I don't know that that one's kind of iffy. I, I think it's mainly that he's just grown to really care about this team, and and that's the reason why he's willing to push his timetable back is because this team is so important to him and to Barry that he doesn't want to risk it falling apart. Yeah, I hear you. That, I'm not, I think that that's fair. The other question, of course, is about what was discovered by uh, by Cisco. Um, the blood on the wall belongs to Barry from the future. So, Bell, does that mean that the reverse flash, that the man in yellow, is actually Barry from the future? Absolutely not. No, not in the slightest, right? Correct. All right, for a number of reasons. First of all, the fact that they have Barry's blood right there, I mean, like, couldn't they... Wait, hang on, hang on. Oh, man, I had this all figured out in my head. <sighs> Regardless. I mean, at this point, it's hard so, to know what the casual viewer feels, right? Because the casual viewer, the, probably the, the majority of people who are watching the show as kind of a casual uh, viewer, they probably don't know who Eobarthon is, which means they're not speculating that Harrison Wells is Eobarthon. Uh, they probably don't know what Flashpoint is, so they don't understand the storyline that pre-exists where Barry goes back in time specifically and attempts to try to save his mom from the reverse Flash. Uh, they don't, they don't know these things. And so, but, but, but here we are, you know, we, obviously we do a flash podcast where we're well-versed in the lore, uh, people who are tuning into this, they either know of kind of the, the, at least the basis of the DC universe and, or, or specifically the character, uh, or they're coming here to learn. And, and over several episodes of us talking about it, you know, it's no surprise to us that Barry was there or more accurately will be there in a coming episode. Yes. Yeah. Barry was definitely there. Uh, the reason why the second blood stain didn't match anybody is because obviously Harrison Wells is not Harrison Wells. When you have a blood right. sample of Harrison Wells and you have a guy coming from the future back in time who kills Harrison Wells mm. and takes his place, mm. obviously they're not going to have the same blood. Mm, that's, I didn't even think about it like that, but that's a good point, man. Well, all right. So, well, so, Look, Cisco's so, computer can like do crazy stuff, though. I mean, like, I guess I don't know how they would get Harrison's blood sample one way or the other. Well, I'm sure there are medical records, maybe from the accident or something like that. That would, know. and that's the that's the thing, right? If it's the accident, then that would be the previous owner of said name. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the Harrison Wells blood would be the previous the the blood they have on record for Harrison Wells is not the Harrison Wells that we see in the show. That's it's right. The previous version of him that was replaced by. Eobard Thawne. That's right. Or or if, you know, well, yes, that, that's exactly who it is. So why, why am I even pandering? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that yeah. And that that's, in my mind, the only explanation for that. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, at this point, you know, there is kind of, there's still questions about what his motives are. Um, we, we, and, you know, I would actually, I, to some extent, it would be very rewarding to hear him actually called Eobard. Um, and, you know, one of the things that they've talked about is in the next half of the season, we're going to start seeing, you know, who Eddie is in relation to the reverse flash. And I think that is going to be kind of the revelation of who Eobard Thawne truly is. Um, you know, we, we have speculated from probably, I mean, gosh, from even before the series launched that Eddie is a, you know, an, an ancestor of Eobard Thawne or a descendant, no, an ancestor. Ancestor. Yeah. Um, and so to get that kind of explanation, however they end up doing it, I'm all about it, man. So I'm looking forward to see what they do. Yeah, it, this is this one's going to be really neat. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I have my speculations, obviously, but 
they've thrown me for a loop so far, and you know, I, I I would be excited if I was surprised. Well, hey man, there's not a whole lot of it, but we do have some news. So let's go ahead and jump into some news flash. News flash. This just in. Maybe I should oh. start that with the news flash, right? Like this Miss- just in. It needs to be like a 1920s voice. That's, that's, no, or that's not a good one. This just in. Ah, hey, see, yeah, yeah, see, yeah. Coming to you straight from the airwaves. See, that's the that's the new podcast. It's just me and you going. Mah. Yeah, that would be that'd be great. Must <laughs> be. What it is is we'll have to hide secret messages in it, so only the real devout followers will find Ooh, it. Ooh, that, that that might be kind of good. What if we did some sort of crazy scavenger hunt throughout all of the different podcasts, and that you had to actually listen to it to piece together said message and get some sort of like amazing, incredible pot prize? That would be awesome. It would, but I can't even think of what would be cool enough that we could actually afford to warrant somebody to do all that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about it. All right. This just in. The Bug-Eyed Bandit will be coming to Central City in the upcoming All-Star Team-Up, which is going to feature also the Atom. Uh, this is going to be a reimagined version of the Bug-Eyed Bandit, a lesser-known uh, villain of the Atom, actually. And it's going to be portrayed by The Walking Dead's Emily Kinney. Now, Emily Kinney, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she was in the Harry Potter films, right? I saw her. She looked so familiar. I think I actually know her very specifically from... Was she Luna Lovegood? Yeah, the weird one. Yeah. 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 Luna Lovegood, see? That's she can see dead stuff, see? That's definitely who she reminds me of, but I'm looking at her IMDb page and I'm not seeing it. Um. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's not her. She looks a lot like she her. Look, all right, who who is that girl then? Yeah, no, it, it's actually Ivana Lynch is uh, Luna Lovegood. Ivana Lynch. Yes. They look very similar. They do. They do. All right. So sorry, that was me me getting confused. But uh, Emily Kenny, probably vastly known to most people from uh, her time on The Walking Dead. But yeah, man, she is going to be a reimagined version of the Bug-Eyed Bandit. So I know nothing of the Bug-Eyed Bandit, and I don't know very much about Adam. Can you fill me in on who the Bug-Eyed Bandit, like, what, what, what's his, what's his shtick? You know, wh- who is this person? All right, so here's the deal. The fact that you don't know, perfectly fine. This is going to be nothing like the comic version of the Bug-Eyed Bandit. Um, she is actually going to come in, she'll be playing a hacker of, of some sorts, and it looks like she's actually going to be a good foil for, uh, specifically Felicity, who will also be joining uh, the Adam when he comes over to uh, Central City and, and over to The Flash. And, uh, you know, the, the cool thing is, overall, not, not only are we going to actually see uh, an Adam villain, uh, albeit a reimagined Adam villain, we are going to see, you know, a suited up Adam teaming up against one of his own villains, which is probably something that you would not expect. Um, Adam Ray Palmer is a superhero who, depending on your version of him, uses dwarf star matter to shrink himself down uh, to any height. In fact, he can actually get to kind of the subatomic level even. And uh, and explore universes that you know the naked eye cannot even fathom. Uh, so the Adam's a cool character. So far as he has appeared on Arrow, he's been much more of a Tony Stark uh, type of character. He's been building his Iron Adam suit that um, we will be seeing hopefully next week on uh, Arrow, actually. And uh, yeah, so one way or the other, man, I'm looking forward to this. It looks cool. Uh, she seems like a cool actress. Never actually seen The Walking Dead, um, and I know I'm in a minority there. Have you seen it? I've seen a couple episodes. I, I read the comics uh, when they first came out up until when they went to the prison. And then I stopped reading because I realized there's like thousands of them. And 
I'm bad at uh, reading stuff for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, one way there, she looks uh, looks like uh, it's hard to say because I've never seen her in anything, and this is going to be a completely different character than the uh, than the original. So, but that's cool, man. You, sometimes you got to reimagine these characters. Uh, I, I'm kind of reminded uh, very similarly to how they've reimagined. Um, gosh, Copperhead for the uh, the Batman Arkham Origins video game. Uh, originally, Copperhead was uh, was a male. They actually kind of twisted that character a little bit, made it a female character, uh, made her actually much more dangerous than the original uh, interpretations. So, um, these reimaginings can be fun. It's a new, it's a different universe, and they they've already been having some fun in it. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Hey, I also want to direct your attention to a brand new blog. Uh, and it's it's only really kind of half out. If if a blog could be in beta, you can kind of consider this <laughs> in beta. Uh, but that's at dctvtalk.com, where actually this week I wrote an article about four characters who are perfect for the existing uh, DC television multiverse as it stands today. Uh, right now, as we record live, it's the top article. Uh, if you go in there and, and actually just kind of click under, I think, opinions or something like that, uh, you'll be able to find it. But um, one way to check it out, because I, I go through Gotham, Constantine, Arrow, Flash, and uh, and recommend a, a character for each. And, you know, I don't write, so I probably won't be writing very often for that blog, but um, more information about that as, uh, as we move from beta to full-on launch. But, yeah, dctvtalk.com. Yeah. And as I... Uh uh, get time. I also plan on writing stuff too. So you'll get to see my little quips and things like that. So that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, the woo view is in. <laughs> I like that we're going with the woo view. I love it. What did we say about this episode? All right. Dear B&B, I just finished watching the episode on Hulu Plus. I thought it was great once again. I thought the Joe and Cisco team up was excellent. Love the woman that lived in Barry's old house. She could be <laughs> she could be Stifler's mom's cousin. Wow. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I uh, love Joe's facial reactions to her. I love Candace Patton in the episode. Uh, I like how hurting Barry hurts Iris, but at the same time, it's difficult letting someone go when you just realize they may have had uh, you may have had feelings for them as well. I don't this, think this makes Iris look bad. I think it's a very real reaction that someone would have. Grant Gustin is such a great physical comedian in terms of falling all over himself in that scene with Linda and Barry in the living room. I mean, could anyone blame Barry him? I mean, Linda a brawl. I, I, I mean, really? <laughs> uh, love that we got some answers to Nora's death. Uh, not my favorite episode of the season, but still great device to move the season forward. Episode rating, four out of five. We got an email from listener Greenclaw as well, who, uh, you know, she's awesome. She's always holding us accountable uh, and uh, and always kind of the, the first to, uh, to to correct us or hook us up with the fact <laughs> that we're missing in the, in the chat. Uh, so we love her very much. And she has got a uh, some great thoughts on this particular episode. Let me, uh, let me read it here. Let's see. Oh, the iris issue. There isn't one. An iris issue? I know you boys. I'm sure you both thought that Barry made the right decision, yet he didn't. Linda and Barry both acted childish. Linda, straightforward and blunt, doesn't use one of the basic tools of the relationship, communication. No, I should ask Barry or Barry what's going on. Instead, she goes, she sought out Iris, who, while hesitant, told Linda and Barry, told Linda that Barry had dealt with rejection, re rejection recently and might just need time. That's a good point, man. I think the green claw is on point here. She uh, she goes further 
Uh, she he, she doesn't say not you should leave him or she doesn't say you should leave him because he was rejected recently. Nope, just that he is adjusting and might need some time to get over those feelings he had previously. Go reasonable Iris. I agree. Linda <laughs> thought about it and said that she didn't want to deal with lingering feelings. So instead of explaining everything to Barry, she just dumps him uh, while saying that Iris threw him under the bus. Youch. Uh, you know what? I think that uh, I think that Greenclaw is kind of on point here. Yeah, I, I I still agree with my previous sentiment that Iris was projecting uh, some of her feelings uh, onto Barry, but at the same token, I yeah, uh, Linda didn't really do anything correct there either. <laughs> well, here's the deal, though. I mean, this is the only thing I would say to that is that 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 it showcases kind of what modern. Uh, or at least modern back in our day. I don't. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. But that that is kind of how, you know, people aren't always very smart with their relationships, right? So I mean, that's it's uh it's pretty real. It's it's kind of how people deal with these things. You know, there typically is a third person they go to. People make dumb mistakes. The, the important thing, though, and this is really what um I think the takeaway is: Barry ate one of the spiciest peppers on earth in the middle of that office, and uh. I got to I mean, you know, first of all, that's about the dumbest thing, the dumbest like move you could ever make. And the fact that she would still go out with them after that means she's kind of in. So, you know, I I think these kids I think these kids can uh, can go somewhere. Obviously, they can't go too far. Um, I mean, it's going to be a little awkward once Wally shows up. But hey, you know. Yeah, I, I agree uh, that, that with Greenclaw that there's some better things that all parties could have done to handle the situation. But uh, yeah, definitely eating a ghost pepper. Uh, that's that's some serious dedication. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> uh, you know what? Actually, I uh, uh, my, my roommate, Peter, you know, Peter, uh, he has some candy that's made with ghost pepper. No. Yeah. And he says it's insane. Yeah. Why would you eat? Don't eat that candy. Well, you know what? Um, if ever you get dumped by a girl that you really like and you want to make it work out, you're going to bring that candy to her office and throw yeah, up on the floor? Exactly. <laughs> Players got to play. I actually tweeted Grant Gustin because I asked him, because obviously he didn't need a ghost pepper on, on set because you'd be right. incapacitated. You wouldn't be able to continue to act. Well, you but, know, different, different people have different uh, tolerances there. Yeah, but every person that I've ever seen eat a ghost pepper on TV, uh, they're always snot-nosed and teary-eyed and sweating and red for about 45 minutes. Um, So he clearly didn't eat a ghost pepper. But I wonder what pepper that was that he ate because later in that scene, you know, he drinks the milk. And milk uh, helps with with, uh, capsaicin because it binds to the capsaicin better than the capsaicin binds to your tongue. So it helps release the burn. But you you don't want to swallow it you want to spit it out because you know you swish it around and then spit it out because that way i guess you could swallow it because it might be something in your throat but anyway the point is i wonder if he actually ate some kind of pepper with some kind of spice because later in that scene when he's talking to linda when you see him like you know wipe his forehead right he's actually got sweat on there and i don't know if that was a really good makeup department or if he just did a really really good job it might know. it might not have been a ghost pepper too it might have been a different pepper right that's what i was wondering i was wondering what pepper that he ate if if he actually did eat a spicy pepper just somewhat spicy just to kind of you know get to, to help him or if it was just entirely him acting and he ate like a benign pepper, like a, you know, bell pepper or something like that. Something similar to a bell pepper. All right. It's ghost G H O S T pepper. That's what it's actually called. Yeah. Ghost pepper. All right. Right now, guys doing this live right now. I'm tweeting question for at Grant Gust. Did you really eat the ghost pepper? Tweeted that y'all go on, retweet that and see if we can, uh, I tweeted him last night. You I, guys should retweet that one too. Yeah. Well, the flash TV talk might be a little bit more noticeable. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah, let's do that. So yeah, I just I just tweeted that on Flash TV Talk. Y'all retweet that. Let's see if we can uh, get them to uh, to get. We we want answers. We got to we got to find that out. Yeah, ghost peppers are serious business. That stuff will mess you up bad. Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> props to him. That's commitment. If he did it, but we we got to know. It's, it's kind of like eating pepper spray. Oh, oh! Remember that one night. Oh my gosh! At, at Matt's house. Oh man, that's that a, a story. Nightmare. That's that's that a nightmare. That's a story for another time, though. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> the night we all got maced. All right, yeah. man. <laughs> on that note, uh, we got some great feedback on the iTunes uh, from Wheels of Joy, who actually won uh, a free comic a couple weeks ago. Uh, Wheels of Joy says, "Excellent Flash podcast. These guys do a fantastic job getting listeners into the Flash world." They have pleasant voices, thank you, and are really professional, yet know how to have fun. The audio is very well done, hopefully that's still true tonight, uh, <laughs> and it deserves to be number one. Thank you for your hard work. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone that wants to enhance their enjoyment of the Flash series, uh, as well as others learning more about the Flash universe. So, wow, that is high praise. We thank you so much, Wheels of Joy. I uh, want to remind all of you, if you head over to iTunes and write us a review, it's a great way to, uh, hey, honestly, it's a great way to make us feel good about the work that we're doing. Uh, but more importantly, it's a good way to potentially win yourself some free uh, digital comics. So do that and, uh, yeah, we'll read it on the show. Also want to remind you about our webcomic, The Brogues. Uh, if you go to thebrogues.com, you can find the uh, fantastic weekly webcomic done, uh, art by Mr. Matthew Bell, uh, writing by myself. Um, again, shout out to our friends at Atomic Geekdom. And hey, if you've got a podcast and you want us to come on, I know that a lot of people have asked, and, and sometimes we just haven't been able to make it work out with scheduling. But uh, you know what? If you give us the opportunity to <laughs> promote the brogues for a good 15 to 30 minutes, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fi find a way to make it work. I probably shouldn't commit to that, but there it is. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express the love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. For the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. Yeah. Also, be sure to check out our parent show panel to screen. But this week we talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, man. In fact, you know, it's been nonstop. All the rumors, speculation. You don't know what's news and what's hype. We're going to be going through all of that. Uh, so be sure to check out this week's panel to screen. And hey, you can tune in live for panel to screen every single Thursday night, just like you can tune in live for this show every single Wednesday night. Uh, we want to give a special shout out to uh, Mike H. Schmidt, who's been providing our outro music for this and the last several episodes. Uh, done a great job. Head out to SoundCloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt for more of his work. And, of course, to our boy Wu Kim, who is like nonstop the man. So big ups to Wu. Stick around for after the outro music for the spoilers for next week's episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. All right, Bell. Next episode, episode 14, called Fallout. What does the official description say for this one? All righty. After the nuclear explosion separates Ronnie and Dr. Stein, Barry and the team believe both men are safe. Caitlin is thrilled to have her fiancé back and prepares to resume their life together while Dr. Stein returns to his wife. However, when General Eiling targets Firestorm, Ronnie and Dr. Stein, Dr. Stein must decide if they are safer together or apart. Meanwhile, Mason Bridge tells Iris that there is something secretive going on at Star Labs, and Dr. Stein gives Barry some important information about time travel. So, interesting. I mean, obviously there was a big nuclear explosion, so we, we literally do have to have the fallout from that. I'm a little surprised, given that the marketing has been so heavily on um, 
on uh, on the Barry time travel storyline that the official description is specifically about the Firestorm stuff. What's going to yeah, be our A plot? I mean, what's going to be our A plot? What do we think is going to be the B plot here? Hmm. See, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of focus on Firestorm, but I mean, the time travel stuff, that's that's huge. I mean, I figured that would be the primary sort of plot thing that's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really hope that's the case. I, I mean, I know that they've been laying the groundwork for this Firestorm stuff for, I mean, the entire series, right? I mean, since yeah. since day one. But honestly, man, I, I really, the time travel stuff is what we came here for. You know, we didn't didn't come for the collard greens. We came for the steak. <laughs> now, I like the Firestorm aspect, but now, after the revelations that went on in last episode, and, you know, they're separated, Firestorm, okay, right. whatever, sure. Now, I want to know time travel. That's what I'm focused on. That's what I want to oh, yeah. know about. That's what I want to hear about. So, I, I've kind of gotten... I'm curious as to what's going to happen with Firestorm the rest of the series because, uh, you know, now that they're supposedly separated, uh, it'll be interesting to see them combine and do different things like that. But there's so much cool stuff going on now with the time travel, with Barry being from the future and all these kind of things. I want to know about that as well. I don't I, I kind of hope that, that Firestorm stays the B plot and that we get a lot of uh, wow. time travel stuff going on in this because, again, I like Firestorm and I really like what they're doing with it. and I want to see what they do with it. But at the same time, this is the Flash and time travel and, you know, the the potential of them going like a Flashpoint Paradox kind of thing is super cool to me. Jeff Johns has said, and this is true, that time travel is to the Flash as space is to Green Lantern. I mean, it's it's a crucial part of who this character is and, and the world that he operates in. Yeah. And so, you know, this this is kind of, you know, it's it's really what we've been watching for and. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, you hope that the fl- the Firestorm plotline stays the B plot. Uh, honestly, it would be moving back that way because Firestorm, in, in my opinion, really was kind of the A plot of this past episode. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see. Maybe now that, that um, uh, our agents of Spy- Firestorm are now split up, perhaps that means that we can go back to, you know, a stronger focus on you know Barry and and Star Labs and Harrison Wells and who knows maybe maybe we could see what Eddie's been doing who knows but um yeah I, I will say though I really liked how the whole Firestorm thing brought out some new character aspects for Harrison Wells the whole thing where he's willing to put his plans on hold to save Ronnie for Caitlin right like that was cool and and that was a direct you know result yeah. of the whole Firestorm yeah. thing so the, the the fact that Firestorm is affecting the characters that we know and love on the show really makes me super excited for what they're going to do with it in the future. But at the same time, the whole, you know, Joe Cisco thing going on, the time travel, that's super interesting too. So I can't decide where my interests lie, but I think I'm going to have to say, okay, Firestorm, it's cool. Develop our characters more, give us some new stuff, but let's do it in a B plot and let's get that time travel stuff going. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. Well, one way or the other, we will be finding out next week. Indeed we will. For more Flashtastic awesomeness, be sure to tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC. A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.